John Boy Media has a new teammate. It's iHeart Podcast. What does it mean? John Boy Media shows can now be found over at the Dan Patrick Show. That's right. How cool is that? Wake and Jake and Jimmy's three things have joined the iHeart Podcast and Dan Patrick Show family. And the best part, they'll still continue to be the same shows you know and love. If you couldn't tell, we're excited about this one, and thank you guys for listening. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 74 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media, and we're going to tune in to the guy right now who's got a way better setup than I do at his home because he specializes in this business. Oh, and he also throws 98 with a nice slider. Trevor May of the New York Mets. Hey, bud. How you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, wow, man. I can't believe I have a nice slider. It's awesome. Can't wait for it to be great someday well it's only i only qualify it as nice in the off season oh gotcha gotcha so That's you know point. i want to i don't want to give you all the accolades here at the beginning of november i mean we're come on you're right it is november 1st oh god you it know that i so fast i officially have a 21 year old now wow when's the vegas trip you know what it's interesting so he's uh he's not a, a huge partier uh, he did that his first semester in college and kind of warmed down. So I think he's, he made a nice promise to himself. He's still a, he still likes to go out and have fun with his buddies and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I want to, my wife and I want to, I think my wife really wants to take him to Vegas because she loves it. When, awesome. when was the first time you went to Vegas? Uh, we went for my 21st birthday. I wasn't actually, it wasn't actually on the birthday, but my dad's a huge poker player. Um, he actually played in the senior world series of poker one year, um, but, uh, didn't win it or get the final day, but almost did. Um, and he loves to go down and just like, he's like, you guys go do what you do. I'm going to play poker for 12 hours a day. Uh, and so we did that and my brother-in-law went and he's, uh, he's English and he loves Vegas. He didn't want any excuse. So it was just us three. And we, uh, we went down and I hung out with them for a while. And that was the first time I went and. We stayed in the Hooters Hotel. No, you didn't. Off strip. Yeah. You did not. You stayed in the Hooters Hotel at your first yep. Vegas trip. Yes, I did. It was like I don't know, seventy bucks a night. It was my. Got a, my dad was like, "It's on me," and we went to the Hooters Hotel because that's where he likes to sit and play. But he's pretty laid back. Doesn't really care. He doesn't need. He doesn't need a lot. He just needs a bed somewhere to sleep when he wants to sleep. He was a shift worker for thirty five years. Man, he can stay up till six in the morning easy. So like that's just what we were doing. I, it was it was a good time though. So I um. I used to do when I did Best Damn, we did the Hooters swimsuit pageant. Mm. And it used to be in Vegas. At the hotel? It was, uh, it, you know what? We didn't have the pageant there. It was at some big hotel. But one year we had to stay at the Hooters hotel. And it was it's unlike a, any other Vegas experience. I've yeah, had. it's like a hotel that is in a Hooters. I, I don't know what else to put it. Like you go and you be like, yep, that's about right. Yeah. Not, a, not horrendous. I mean, not the worst hotel ever, but definitely not the nicest either. Yeah. Now, now what's your hotel of choice? This is not an advertisement, by the way. Oh, I don't know. I did my bachelor party there too. Oh, you did? Um, Yeah, I I did the, I did the good old fashioned. I got a bunch of buddies that were like, you just want to go. I'm like, yeah, let's just go do the cliche. Just, I don't care. Let's do it. It's where we can have the most people come to because it's, we're on the West coast and it's an easy flight. It's a hundred dollars from Seattle to fly there. I don't know. They had a special. So uh, we stayed at the Bellagio that time ah. but I, I say usually like now at the uh at the cosmo or the aria because uh, that little like triangle right there yes. those three um usually that's where we hang um because the cosmo is a great a great hotel with great restaurants in it so you know the aria smells great too i think they spray some stuff in the air when you're walking through the doors yes 
you know just just a good good area right there yeah these are some major first world problems we're dealing yeah, with right yeah now. yeah um so I know you've been doing a lot of streaming lately and somebody mm -hmm. in one of your streams asked you about if you were trick or treating and you said you were going to take, I think your nephews, is that mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And somebody said, are you going to get recognized? And you were like, absolutely not. This is not New York. This is not Minnesota. Yeah. This is Washington. I will yeah. not be. Did anybody recognize you? Well, unfortunately <clears throat> we had a little bit of a, 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 an adult house problem yesterday that uh, Kate was very stressed about. So mm -hmm. we might have a we might have a water leak somewhere out, oh. like in it, from the main line to our house. So like we're trying to figure out where it is, and we might we she tried to take uh, some initiative during my stream. The hot water got turned. She got very like it just became a very flustered. I don't know what I'm doing situation. So we had to call a plumber. We had to like so it, this was like half an hour before we had to leave, and then uh, I was just like. I don't know if there's water leaking in our house. We can't just leave and like not think about it. It's going to ruin the night. So I called, I called my sister and I was like, Hey, cause we had just seen my nephews the day before too. So like, okay. but we saw them at their soccer batches. We'd see them. We've, we've been home for four weeks now and we've seen them every weekend. So, and, and so I was like, Hey, will they hate us if we don't come? She's like, Trevor, they're going trick or treating with 11 of their friends. They're not going to even remember that you were coming. <laughs> it was mostly for us and it's fine. And I was like, okay. She's like, yeah, just, your house so that's what we had to do but i guarantee you no one would only people that would have known who i was was the people i was related to and uh and then maybe some of the, the friends parents that they told but other than that no i wouldn't have been there's no way well maybe next year i'm going to give you a very early halloween homework assignment if you are not partaking in the world series at that time which is the hope that, that the you hope. have to wear a 65 mets may jersey you have to go dress as trevor may please do it it would be amazing okay i'm gonna need this clip though to post with the picture that i'm gonna take of that so everyone's like really i'm like hold on i got it was a dare <laughs> please like, like i would love to see bryce harper go in a phillies bryce harper jersey just full kid. uni no like right. literally like he just he does it does everything where yes. batting helmet has i think batting gloves be, on that'd be how so funny, funny would that be if guys were doing that because it, Bryce Harper, is that you? No, dude. I've just I got the last uniform. Everyone like, tells me, man. I just figured I'd do it this year so they get off my back. Like they keep saying I look like him all year. This is my one chance to just like get it out of like we're getting out of everyone's system. And then at the end, they're like, it's actually you, isn't it? Like, yeah, it is. <laughs> were you I you had to have been a huge trick-or-treater dress-up guy or when you were little with I your did. imagination? I, I I definitely was. Um, I I have a couple best friends too that were also like that we're just i mean we're nerds so we were just doing all kinds of stuff um and uh trick-or-treating was huge in my small town like that was a big event a lot of lot, the whole thing is a freaking neighborhood it's like all rural like all like cul-de-sacs so it was it was uh trick-or-treating heaven and uh you know last night we actually stayed and we actually got to do trick-or-treating in our house for the first time too and meet some of the people and there was one group that was legitimately 40 people deep i i've never we they like knocked on the door and it opened. It was just like, oh, oh my god! And then it was like our neighbor. It was like the three neighbors around us. They each had like three kids, two kids, and two kids. So there was like seven kids, all in like a five year window of each other. And we'd all met them before. They'd come over and said hello. So Kate was like picking out which ones when knew all their names, and I hadn't met them yet. So I was just like, remember this? And I'm like, there's no shot. But it was really really cool. Uh, they're uh, you know. And we've been welcomed really well and they they made sure to come together which was super fun so uh 
Yeah, it was good. We didn't actually have as many as possible. I said, I said to Kate, I said, what if no trick-or-treaters come? She's like, that's always the fear. That'd be fine. I was like, really? I thought you, and she's like, yeah, I mean, you know, who wants to like, we're watching a movie. Who wants to get up every time? Like if we have a handful, it's great. If they're coming every three minutes for four hours, like now it's your job. I was like, what were you watching? Uh, We watched this horrendous uh, uh, 90s like witch movie. It's called uh, The Twin. We were we were we were struggling. We were trying to go from like fun kids like, you know, uh, Paranorman or something to like actual horror. And she does not like horror. I'm not a huge horror person either. There's some. So we're like trying to find that like thriller. You know, like thriller mystery stuff more than horror. It's okay. And basically, what happened was she's like, I got this super campy movie from the 90s. You want to watch that? I was like, it was literally like a bunch of actresses that I'd seen in in some right. Adam Sandler movie at some point. Like yeah. it was all right before Not they good. got big. It was it was pretty funny at times, but at the end, you're like, that was that was really bad. <laughs> best uh, best costume you ever had as a kid was what? Do you remember? Best costume I ever had. Um the most involved, like the most, I was, I was uh, Eddie Munster several times with the Widow's Oh my Peak. God. So you can see it through the hat here. I have a horrible, not horrible. I have a Widow's Peak that I'm very proud of. Yeah, you should um, be. You're, and, you are the uh, grown up Eddie Munster, by the way. I'm the grown up Eddie Munster. Exactly. So I was him probably from six to 12. I was him like three times. And we went full, you know, uh, powdered the face to make uh-huh. you very pale. Um, you know the blood drip and the and then the hair slicked back perfectly and like the big like dracula like not the just cape like the big um dracula one and then we all we actually made it one year my we me and my best friend made we said we're gonna make our costumes and he was a skeleton and his mom helped him like sew on bones onto an all black like jumpsuit it was hilarious the monsters was great if for people that had never seen it just spin it up on youtube go watch go watch an episode it was before it's time and Fred Gwynn, who was Herman Munster, later became probably best known for his role as the judge in My Cousin Vinny. Yes, he was. That was him, wasn't it? Yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. The Munsters are great. Uh, if you like the Addams Family, it's a, a similar situation. Sometimes I get it mixed up. Uh, so the two Utes. Did, did you just say the two Utes? Yeah. These guys. The two Utes. Oh, God. How bad yeah. Funny fun so, fact about him. Did you know that he uh he would not do home alone unless they let him do the like his gibberish like swearing? Like he made that up. He's like, I can't do a movie unless I can fake swear. So they <laughs> so they're like, Really? He's like, Yeah, I'm just gonna go. Burr, burr, burr. And they're like, Okay, as long as you're not swearing, because it's a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. And then that's how they got him to do it. He wasn't gonna do it. He swears in every movie and he thinks it's like part of his he's like, it's part of my brand. I have right. to. I'm a heavy all the time. Okay. Now I'm a funny heavy. That's good, though. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Fun. Hey, guys. I want to talk to you about something occasionally you don't want to talk about. ED. It happens. It's nothing to feel bad about. The question is, how do you take care of your business? Well, that's where our friends at GetRoman.com, using the code word John Boy, can lend a helping hand and a bunch of ideas. Now, with that code word John Boy, you're going to get 15 bucks off your first month of treatment. Here's what you do. You have a phone consultation with a U.S. licensed practitioner. Then they're going to figure out, how do we treat this thing? If medicine is involved, they're going to ship it to your house. It's going to get there in two days 
voila. That means there's no doctor visit. There's no standing in line at the pharmacy. Nobody has to say, hey, here's the deal. Uh, I'm going to fix you up with ED treatment. No, you take care of it over the phone in the comforts of your own home. So yeah, there might be a little uneasiness talking about it at first, but let's be honest. You want to take care of this so you can take care of that someone special in your life. It's very simple. Once again, it's GetRoman.com slash John Boy. You're going to talk to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional. They're going to seek out a treatment. You're going to get 15 bucks off your first month of treatment. And then believe me, at the end of the day, you'll be smiling like this once you go to GetRoman.com slash John Boy. You have been knee deep in the World Series. Mm -hmm. I know you've been all over it. Let's start with a guy you know really well. How shocked are you that Eddie Rosario has taken over the postseason the way he has? Uh, not one piece of me is surprised simply because um, he's one of the more, he was probably while I was in Minnesota with him, one of the most clutch uh, players on the team regularly every single year. So I think that uh, like his ability to knock runs in, he, he was always a big run producer. Like he always had a really high RBI rate. Like no one really, he got lost behind like the Nelly Cruises and like, you know, Max Kepler at 37 homers once, and then Mix Garver had that huge year in 19. So he always got like, he was always like the third guy in the, that was talked about in our offense, but like he was so consistent, 100, 100 stakes, high 20s, low 30s homers for, for a handful of years. Like it was always there, but like a couple of things stick out. He had a big homer once against the A's against, uh, yes, Merrill Petit that was like a three run homer in a huge spot, 0 2 um that was like he was against roads and that guy doesn't give up those so like a lot of stuff like that i remember i can i can think of like four or five a handful of times where he hit a big go go ahead homer in like the eighth so like for him to come up in a big spot and um he really thrives off pitchers having the pressure on him and, and making a mistake and uh um and he like you get o two o two means the same as oh because he's he has the ability to hit pitches six inches out of the zone so it's like that's just not a guy and he's left-handed so if you're right-handed there's just no like there's no place you're going where you're like i can get him to chase this every time and he'll swing and miss at one point because he won't swing and miss probably he'll probably get you if you throw it too many times so um great hand hand eye coordination hand hand to ball or bat to ball skills as we call it and uh he just he has historically put himself in a position to be successful in big spots so it's not surprising that he when he's feeling good and he's healthy and uh um you know he, he he didn't he had a little bit of time missed this year and stuff so he had a stride at the right time and it doesn't doesn't surprise me at all did you um did you play with him in the minors too did you guys yes. kind of grow up together yes in we the did organization yes we were in uh double a and when i got traded over there double a and triple a together so we've been we've been together i've seen him for eight nine years when he played second base a lot of people didn't know that he was, a second, he was a second baseman in triple a they got moved to the outfield in triple a uh because of dozier so they wanted to get to the big leagues faster, so they put him in the outfield. They um, just like Dozier's hair better. I'm um, Doge at that point was hitting 40 homers a year and oh, was a gold glove too. one year. I think he was a gold glove Eddie's first year or second year. So like, I mean, and and uh, no offense to Brian Dozier, but Eddie runs a little better, has a little better range and a much better arm. So uh, they were like, he's got a good arm and it's accurate. And he's that's another thing a lot of people don't know. Uh, the other day when he threw out, um, was it your? Uh, Yuli yeah. in, in at, at second, he has done that huge outfield assist at the end of games five or six times that I've seen. He has tons of assists, too. People don't see that. He led the league one year almost. I think he did lead the league in 19, maybe, uh, in, in outfield assists. So he's, though, though maybe he's not the 
you know, the fastest runner or the widest range in left field. He, he's got a great arm and he's really, really accurate, knows when to throw the ball too. So he does those things really well, puts himself in position to make big plays when you need him. I was surprised that the, uh, that my team, the Indians got him on as cheap a deal as they did. I think he's going to, I'm happy for him. I think he's going to cash in on a multi-year deal and get paid. I hope he, he does. Should. It's great. No, he does. And hundred percent deserves it. Um, you know, the dream is to like play six years with the same team and get the free agency and get paid a bunch of money. Um, and that's very, 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 very hard to do now these days, especially these days, right? If you're not the guy, if you're not right. the, the, the one of the three main players on your team, um, if you're even outside of that at all, if you're not on a huge market either, like it's just, you're not the, the leash is shorter, but for him to get the opportunity to, to, to execute, that's all what this game is, get opportunity to execute it. And to get like, if, if this really pays off for him, I, you know, I hope maybe Tuesday he has a huge game and gets the end up because he's close. He's in that conversation for the uh, world series MVP after all these big, he made that catch the other day and that yeah. throw against Guriel, like he's made that catch too. He just threw it up like, please. And it got it. And I loved, I was like, that is such an Eddie catch. Just like late, just throw the glove up and he just happens to swipe perfectly and it goes in his glove. I'm like, that was awesome. Uh, um, if he goes like three for four and like hits a, a go ahead over RBI or has three RBIs, he could be the World Series MVP and the NO uh, CS MVP and that will get him paid. And I'm happy as hell for him. Um, any good stories about him behind the scenes growing up? Anything funny? Anything I mean, yeah. He's so the funny, the, the, so Eddie was one of the original, uh, how do I put this, uh, uh, purveyors of swag, <laughs> uh, in the early stages of, you know, um, baseball's transition into, into swag ball, uh, with, you know, guys showing their personality and stuff. And he was, uh, he's always been doing that. So like early, early, and I played and hit with him in the folly. We were talking earlier about how I played with Chris Bassett, uh, but him in the fall league, I played with Yimmy too. Yimmy was on our team as well. I played with a lot of guys who were in this World Series. Um, and he uh, he had just moved out to to the outfield. Like, that's when they started him. Like, go play the outfield in the fall league. And he would catch everything, like, instead of just catching it, he'd catch it, like, at his hip or, like, a knee. Just, like, mm, I got it. Like, and then just run it in. Like, and we're like, okay, you're getting crazy here. And it got crazier and crazier. So he's just, like, like let it go. And then eventually – Towards the end of the uh, uh, fall league, he goes for it and just whiffs. Like, last out of an inning, goes to, like, catch it by his Literally doesn't touch it. Goes all the way to the wall, triple, and the pitcher's like. And, and, and then he's out there. He's like, my bad. Like, okay. I took it too far that time. So, he still kind of caught it low, but you could tell he was like, like, see it in. It was, it was pretty funny, but we saw it over time because he was always in front of the bullpen. So, we're like, dude, he's going to drop one of these. <laughs> And he did, uh, but uh, he just wanted to, uh, it very, very clearly looked like he was just seeing how far he could take it. So um, that is a very Eddie thing, but uh, yeah, he's just, and, and you can see him. He's just, he's having fun out there. He fits in really, really well with these Braves guys. I think that culture, like he was like, this is, this is where I belong. Um, mm -hmm. And that has helped him kind of, kind of get to the comfort level he's at right now. Sure. I think that's a great point about the, about that. Um, I know you would like nothing more than to see Freddie Freeman move on and out of the National League East. What the fuck are the Braves doing? Why have they not extended him? Um, I actually don't know if this is fully true, um, but actually in my stream, several people who are big Braves fans said that he said, I just don't want to talk about extensions during the season. I want to focus on playing. 
uh, this can turn, he, he knows it's going to be like a long process of negotiation probably. But again, like you've got to have in your mind, like, especially if it's somewhere you want to, that you've been your whole career, like, you know, you say, Hey, I'm going to open up these cars. Let, let's have a real, if he thinks that they're going to, if you would think they would get there quickly, like you guys are on the same page, then you would just do it. Um, so that is the, my kind of question marks. I don't really know, but I don't know actually fully if that was true. I'm going to be honest. I was just told by several people who follow that team a little bit closer. By the way, that that's bullshit, Trevor. I'm sorry. If somebody comes to you and says, Hey, we really want you to stay. And we're going to offer you eight years at $200 million. You wouldn't be like, yeah, you know what? Talk about it till later. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. That that shit does not fly. So that which leads me to assume that that maybe hasn't happened yet or like they didn't have they weren't to the point where they i don't know honestly i i don't know what there could what what could be going on but as a guy uh, who's had to face him this year as much as you did oh he's gonna be the i mean i can't believe this free agent class i'm so glad i'm not in it frankly like because they'd be like who needs who needs that guy like even though the relievers aren't as right you know probably big of a group um still like there's just like there's gonna be relievers are gonna sign a minute before spring training if not in the middle just because everyone's gonna be focused on getting the Correas and the uh, uh freddie freemans and every uh, and these guys all all the all the shortstops signed Corey seegers like i i don't know how the, especially with all the other impending stuff in the mlb and whether that's gonna happen so like i i can't imagine being a free agent this year and like having this much question like last year there was a lot of question marks but like imagine this year like so so uh um yeah i i don't know i don't know how you how you don't lock that guy up when you have the uh first opportunity it's insane let's get back to the game itself um we look at it as though it's not a big deal like now we're expecting it particularly with all the injuries to the starting pitchings on both sides right charlie morton gets hurt in game one lance mccullers hasn't pitched since the first round against chicago so you're taking frontline starters away from both teams that can log innings so we knew we were going to see a ton of guys shuffled in and out how exhausting is it physically for the guys that are coming out of the bullpen nearly every night these guys must be just like i'm i'm likening it to because i felt like this at times towards the end of the year i'm likening it to like it's it's when you were a kid you used to have the sleep like like sleepover with your buddies they come over when you're 12 and at two in the morning when you're all just delirious <laughs> and you're just saying laughing at everything that comes in like slap that's where you're at that's where they're at they are at the they are at the 12th hour they are just like if there's anything left deep down here we got to find it we got to find ways to get it get everyone there because when it's your job man but i know what's happening what they're going out they're like there's two games left no matter what like we can't play more than that so we're done there's 18 innings to cover guys and and like as long as it doesn't fall off in the middle that's that's what we gotta that that's what we're working with so go out there and give every ounce of everything you have left and make sure that tank is on on absolute zero when we leave here where whatever happens um and that's all you can do but you're just so exhausted that adrenaline is is like the the the, the magnitude of the situation is is 100 of your fuel which ex- explains why charlie morton was able to pitch six 15 more pitches with a broken leg sat down for a second that adrenaline went back to normal he walked out and was like oh my god my leg's broken that's how it works it's like he could have also probably in that inning lifted a volkswagen bug off the ground 
So that's how it works. Is that what we're doing out there? I'm amazed by it. Like a guy like Kendall Graveman, I was watching him pitch last night. He throws almost 40 pitches in two innings. That guy looks like the minute this series is over is going to sleep until about February 10th. As he should, because their, their off seasons also just went from four and a half months to three and a half months. And uh, that's a huge to, difference, right? For you huge. guys, what, four and a half months is arguably like cutting it close for the no, amount of rest you need to get ready fully for the next season. So three and a half, like you just see, you know, you just see guys that win the world series. Like I remember this for specifically at 17, the Cubs watching their spring training coverage. And everyone's like, yeah, so none of the starting pitchers have pitched in a game yet, like with two weeks left in spring because they were all just slowly getting back into it because they took so much time off as they should. Um, and that is one of the things like that's going to happen. Like these guys are going to be like, I'm not throwing until after the new year. I have to, like, I have to take this much time off. Um, and when will you throw, by the way, when do you start working? Actually? So you, historically I would throw, like, I take a good amount of time off more than most people. I would throw like in the early first week of, uh, of December is when I'd start getting going. Cause I just don't need, I need like, and then I throw maybe like six bullpen. So I wouldn't throw a bullpen until January. Um, I'm talking about you don't even go play catch with a friend in the yard right no 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 I'm not even close but this year I'm in about two weeks I'm going to start doing I set the net up about 30 feet away and I'm going to I have I have some pitch design stuff that I'm trying to work on uh, improving some pitches I've looked up a bunch of drills so I'm gonna start doing some really really light like hand movement arm movement hand position stuff that's not really up for your shoulder or getting in shape yet but it is for feeling how a pitch comes out of your hand so you can get comfortable up without really using any bolus per se. So that'll start in mid, mid, probably two weeks from today, actually. Hey guys, you looking for that perfect holiday gift? Well, don't wait until the day after Thanksgiving. Start your shopping now. Thanks to our friends at Dugout Mugs. Black Friday has already started in their world. In fact, if you go to dugoutmugs.com and you use the code word John Boy, you're going to get 30% off their best-selling products. I am going to scream this so everybody can hear it. You are going to get 30% off if you use the code word John Boy at Dugout Mugs. they got all the great stuff. Look at this. Made out of the wood baseball bats. I love the engravings. Yeah, if you really want to be cool, you can get the Chris Rose rotation engraved on there. You got the wind up. We've got the knob shot which I always love doing the cool sound with Ploof every day on baseball today. There it is. And I can't even find my bottle opener. One of my friends loved the bottle opener so much, snaked it right out of my house. I'm going to have to go get that guy. You know what? Don't just take my word for it. There are 20,000 five-star reviews on dugout mugs. So if there's a baseball fan in your life, whether it's a family member or a friend, do the shopping now. Use the code word John Boy at dugoutmugs.com. Save 30% off. I guarantee you it's going to be a home run. All right, let's get back to the series here. Um, I've been reading a lot of stuff on social media about people saying, well, all media members do is complain about the length of games and this and that and the other thing. I want your opinion from a guy who plays it and loves the sport and watches it all and consumes it. Um, should, should we be complaining or should we just be accepting of this is the way the game is played and let's adjust with it. Yeah. I just, I think that there's, there's two, there's several, several parts to that narrative. Um, it's not just like, it's not like media members like pulled that out of thin air. Like they have a personal um, um, feeling that games are too long and that is affecting it one way or the other. It starts with um, the 
front-facing strategy that MLB have shown with how they change things too, because the purpose behind that is to shorten games and quicken, or at least up pace of play, meaning it's more smooth and consistent, even if the game is still three hours long. They're going to be three hours long. That's how long baseball games are. They're nine innings. It takes a very long time. It's just- but the World Series has been exceptionally longer, and I know from having worked in television, oh. the breaks are longer. I get all that sort of stuff. Breaks are longer, and there's about 100 pitching changes. Uh, starters don't throw deep into games or get quick outs. Like, it's just that's all factored in. Um, and, and, and World Series, though, that is when, like, people caring about how long the game is goes away. It's like a movie. People want the game to be close and exciting for four hours, and that's great. It's like you go in a movie, like, oh, that wasn't long enough. There could have done, it could have been longer. It's different. But regular season, it, I can see how it become an issue because you need ratings regularly. But in the World Series, like, it's the World Series. You know, there's one game on. It's the only game anyone can watch. Any baseball fan would be watching that game because it's the only one there is. So, like, uh, pace of play, I don't think it's going to – have such a big be such a big factor in like huge playoff games like slowing that stuff down and really like squeezing that moment i think all the juice out of it is more important than it getting done quickly i think but aggregate in 162 um when one one feels like there's kinks in the hose everywhere and you're just like uh, 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 it's just the game stopping all the time and you guys are like trying to figure out what's going on like that's just gets people like all right what's on where are the is there friends on somewhere you know like sometimes you get there and i, I i'm Trust me, somewhere when we're in the pen and it's the fourth inning, we're two hours in the game. We look up, we're like, this one's flying, boys. I love that. It's been quiet for an hour. And then Aaron Luby be like, well, this one's flying again, boys. And then we just laugh like, yep, we all know it's not going very quick. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's um, first of all, I don't think it's a question of complaining. And some people do complain. There's no yeah. question. There's some people in the media that just constantly complain about it. I also think it's important to challenge yourself as a sport and see where you can get better. And if the whole idea is to grow whatever business you're a part of, you have to look at your deficiencies. 100%. And I wish that the game started earlier. I really do. Same. Same. You know, I mean, the game ended at well past midnight. The game ended almost an hour after the Sunday night football game ended. Yeah. To me, that's an, an issue. Yeah, but I, I get eight o'clock games on the East Coast. Like that's 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 really late. And I I totally understand you would you would agree with this too. I'm sure uh, the five eight situation is the way to maximize the whole country because we have the three hour difference. And four o'clock's too early for the West Coast. And that's the conclusion that came to maybe started at seven thirty at the latest and just like cut your losses and not try to get maximize it because at the end of the day. It's it's a it's a poor taste in the mouth. You're losing people really fast at the end, which is supposed to be the most exciting part of the game. So, um, yes, midnight is if the game's going to be four hours long, you got to start at seven. Like well, it can't you can't go into the next day. I always say this, and I don't know. Shame on me for not looking up what time the Dodgers and A's started Game One of the '88 World Series. But imagine if Kirk Gibson's home run had happened at 12:20 a.m. Eastern time. Imagine yeah. the number of people who would have missed out on that. They would have missed it, yeah. They would have had to watch One it. One of the iconic moments in the history of the sport, and I just don't want us to get hamstrung with that again. Now, I don't have a perfect answer. I really don't. And I work in, I've worked in baseball for 20 years, and I've worked in television for 30 years, and I don't have a perfect answer. Yeah. Because there's an inherent slowness and, and I guess, non-tempo that makes this sport so beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I don't. 
I'm just, just wondering if you guys feel it as well. As it guys comes down to money, money, man. And it always does. And it always will. Uh, that's just, that's the way to maximize your, your value for your advertisers. And that's why it's there. And just like, just like, uh, uh, I, there's like, I, I say things like this. Are there probably too many games in a season for the players? Yeah. If you want less injuries, take 20 games off the schedule and just make those off days, make it the same length. Just give us more off days and you'll probably have a lot guy, a lot of guys staying healthy longer. A lot of guys finishing out the whole season is less games going to make more money. No, it's going to make less money. So it's never going to happen. If only if ever it's all if only adjustment ever going to be made is up, not down. It's never going down. Um, and the same thing is blackouts. Everyone's like, well, blackouts are the worst it is the number one bane of everyone's existence. However, the hugeness of these TV deals is predicated on the ability to black things out. Like they're not going to sign those things unless they get exclusive, exclusive uh, rights to, to uh, regions and time periods and things like they would not give a billion dollars if that wasn't in there. So unfortunately, that's what we call a non-starter. Like it's never going away. Blackouts are never going away. And you got to figure out like, What's the best way for me to watch a game? There's some people that just simply can't watch their local art market. That sucks. But at the end of the day, it's a business. And that these, those decisions, I don't make those decisions. Right. Like travel, travel, tie game times, getaway days, all this stuff. It's not for me and playing baseball as well as I can. It's so that most people can watch the game and uh, you can really, really take advantage of two large markets playing each other. And that's why we're always in it because we're a gigantic market and that's it. That's just the way it is. Um, and it's frustrating. And, but it's, again, we're not in the conversation there. We're not even on the, we're not even on the list of people they care about having an opinion about that. It's the people that are watching and guess what? We're entertainers. It's like a, someone who's on Broadway is like, ah, too many shows. You signed up. That's it. Yeah, I know. And by the way, if you were to play 20 less games, you would get, 20 less games paid too. Yeah, that would happen, even though it's the same amount of time. We're just not at the field. I don't know. We yeah. can talk about that all day, but yeah, not going to the field once or maybe twice a month is kind of like crazy if you really think about it, especially if you're if you're a trainer and uh, you go to the field every day, no matter what, and never stay at your house for a whole day or go do I know. It's they did it like our training staff, I think they told me there was three guys were like, I, I fully didn't come to the field maybe three or four times this year. That's like, brutal. That's insane. Hard. But you also no signed up for it. <laughs> Should have some else. I'm just kidding. No, don't we love them. We love them. We don't want them to go anywhere. Let's uh, let's bring in our producer extraordinaire, Robbie Shiraka. Robbie, turn your camera on for a second. You were sending me a bunch of notes about the 88 game one. And this is as confused a homework assignment as I've ever had in my life. What are you trying to tell me? Sorry. <laughs> you asked the time for uh, the start. Yeah, I wanted to know the start time of game one of the 88 World Series, which was played in Los Angeles. Yes, it was 535 local time. The game started at 835 Eastern? Yes. Yeah, that's what it says here on uh, Baseball Reference, according to Baseball Awkward. Reference. You were going to make a point, and it's the opposite point now. And, and the game lasted three hours and four minutes. Three hours and four minutes, correct. So it was oh, wow. roughly 1140 p.m. Eastern when Kirk Gibson went deep. Yes, a, that's shocking, but B, it's also about 40 minutes earlier than Still. game five ended in the World Series, which ended, which started, thank you, Robbie, which started about 20 minutes earlier. I don't know if that helps, hurts, whatever point I was trying to make. 
I am utterly confused. Games were quicker. The game was played differently. Less strikeouts, more ground balls, more ball play. Okay. But again, so many people say, Man, I just want more, more. I want more contact. I want more. I want, yeah, I want more ground balls to the second baseman. It's like, it's, it's not as more, it's not that much more exciting than you think it would be. Yes, there's a lot more contact. Yes. But then it's a lot of really boring contact. It's like a light pop up to to short short left field, which is being caught earlier in a bat. And you're like, wow, this game's flying by and nothing's happening. It's it's almost like I'm not getting anything and it's going to be over faster. I don't know if this is what I wanted. The same thing is like, we need robombs. Take the ump out from behind the plate. Then who are you going to yell at? And everything's right. And you can't, it's just less, one less thing to like be upset, be like, oh, oh, we need this. We need this one less thing that you just, you have to accept immediately. And that's not, that's less fun. So I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. I think it's gra- grass. is always greener situation. A lot of yeah, times like, probably. Can, oh, this other, other thing is better. And then you realize, wow, it's actually very close to the same thing. All right. A few other things I want to hit on um, the Mets in the off season, they were sniffing around. Maybe we thought Theo Epstein, maybe we thought Billy Bean, maybe we thought Billy Bean, Bob Melvin combo. Then <laughs> we're, we can't talk to David Stearns. We can't, you know, how much do you pay attention to what's going on in the front office? Um, I, you know, I'm going to be honest. This year, I probably paid attention more than I've paid um, in the past because, you know, the, the Twins also went through a little bit of a renaissance mode there where everyone, uh, a lot of people that I came up with are gone and they had to get new people. So it was, I just kind of like met them as I like, let them handle it all, all in, as they make decisions. You know, I will make myself as available for those people as possible. Um, and I, I plan to do the same thing here. Um, but yeah, when it comes down to that stuff and, 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 I have to like, I don't want, not temper hopes, but I get, you know, I stream a lot of people like, why, why are we failing this offseason? Like, first of all, no players can even talk to anybody until after the World Series. Like, nothing can really happen. Nothing's going to happen in a real big way, guys, until the World Series is over, because a lot of the people probably being approached are with some of the teams that are here at the end, too. Like, those guys are, are highly sought after. And, you know, we're not hiring someone off their couch, mostly. Like, like they're somewhere in baseball and they're probably still doing some sort of baseball duty right now. And so there's, there's that to, to, to factor in also, you know, whether Theo, like there was no, uh, I never saw anywhere when the Theo was things thrown out. And, and as a person who's watched Theo break two curses, like that's really, really cool. And he's kind of a little bit of a legend now in the, in the, you know, front office personnel world. Um, like, you know, he took a job earlier this year with the front office doing working, on changing the game of baseball yeah, in the, aggregate, yeah. the league office. So like he, that's very purposeful getting that job. So it's not surprising if he's like, Oh, I just want to do this. Sorry guys. I didn't know that. Like, I, sorry. And you know, and that's kind of what happened. He was just like, ah, I don't think that, I don't think I'm going to be a GM again. That's basically from what I understand. He was just like, okay. And then like the David Stearns thing, you know, he was with another team. Some stuff has to happen. You can't get your, can't hang your hand on that. Did you understand the Mets, fan base panicking a little no, bit no, don't no you? i i fully get it i fully get it and i fully get especially with the recent past like it just feels like another thing but try to be as uh, i think as objective uh, situation by situation like why didn't this work out was it just was it the sky falling or was it was like oh that probably might not there was a lot of things that needed to happen anyways there and it maybe wasn't as likely as we may have thought there are lots of those situations moving forward here it's going to become less and less like that when the pool of people and everyone's like now where everyone's focused on hiring the people they need to hire. And uh, that's happening. Like, again, like, like I was saying, David Stearns, he just is with the Brewers. He's built to help build a really amazing, really good team. And I think they would tell you they have not gotten as far as they want to get. So like, 
when you didn't accomplish the goal that you've been trying to accomplish at a place like you're, you're like i just want to see this through or you know those things can factor in i know that as a player so yep. again i don't know some of these names thrown out all i'm saying is uh like i had trouble finding where the like where it first came from just to see like okay how likely is that because i would i wanted to i want to follow it too i want to i want to actually have an idea of who who could possibly happen um and a lot of it had just been kind of general conjecture up to this point and i think that uh as those things kind of just were, were touched on and they were like eh, maybe this isn't the right fit and then kind of moved on that's just kind of all it was maybe those maybe those first three you just mentioned uh, uh aren't the ones to worry really hard about um yet I'd say yet panic isn't yet, but like in, you know, at December 1st for a myriad of reasons, um, we should, we should, if we don't have a general idea. I mean, then you should start figuring, like thinking what, what's, what's, what's the deal, you know? But um, again, I was the first reliever to sign last year after Thanksgiving. I was like the third guy of all free agents to sign. So it's going to be, there's going to be that. And then add the players too, because players are going to be part of this too, not just front office and, and coaching staff. There's going to be there's going to be like 10, 15 guys that are asking for over 150 million dollars, like they conceivably get it. There's not that many teams that are going to pay that much money to that many different players. So it's going to be a very interesting. Not only that, in the CBA stuff and luxury tax, we don't even know what it's going to be like. There's a lot. There's a lot that's going to have to happen and need to happen. It's just a lot of work to do. But there is a path, and um, and specifically for the Mets bringing it back, like I'm excited to when when those decisions are made is to is to make myself available to a group of of people, um, and to be a, a a a maybe a voice in the clubhouse that can help connect those things. So I think I said on this show a couple of weeks ago, communication is like number one in baseball organizations communicating your philosophy and everyone from the top to bottom sticking through it. And then that's how you play the game. Um, and so, and players being active in, in approaching people and making them say, Hey, I would love to help us buy into our philosophy here is, is part of it. And uh, uh, I'm excited to be part of that part or uh, assist in that part with the other guys um, so that we can be ready to go day one spring training with what we're trying to accomplish this year and how we're going to do it. Okay. Fair enough. Um, you've been creating a lot of content since you've been back home. You did a video on tipping your pitches mm -hmm. and breaking it down, what you were doing. Some people are saying you're nuts to put that out there because now hitters can watch and they can say, oh, I remember when Trevor was doing that. Mm -hmm. Now he's giving me the answers to a test. Yeah. I can always change the answers. <laughs> and uh, if, if that's something that uh, you guys want to, uh, to, it's the same thing as like, how do I pitch a guy? At the end of the day, like I face you nine times, you know how I'm pitching you. Like I'm not getting, I'm not, I throw three pitches, man. I'm not like making up pitches. So like, it's all about, there comes a point at the end of a season where it's execution. Um, and that's, that's how you get guys out and how you don't, you throw the ball where you want it. And they still like have the, the issues with the swing or, or with the pitch that they have. And then you, you know, execute it well and you win. Like that's how, and the opposite is true for them. So um, in terms of tipping though, like that was a tip, for example, that specific one with the, it's something that I was trying to be very clear that I didn't even know for sure 
Like no one on the other team was like, hey, bro, you're tipping. Like I wasn't told explicitly. I remember I was sitting there. Brandon Drury was sitting next to me and uh, Frankie Lindor walked by while I was we were going over. I was like, hey, like, do you see anything here? Because I was doing a lot of stuff. I had my finger out of my glove, too. And in the past, like sometimes I'll go like off the glove for something or or squeeze it tighter on something so you can see my finger. And that's old school. A lot. Most people are all all fingers in the glove. And I have dabbled in the past with it, too. So actually, I didn't talk about it in the video, but I actually put the finger back in, too. Like, just get rid of that. Who knows? I don't know. I can't see it. I couldn't feel it either. But that's not an indicator if I'm doing it or not. Um, so I put the put all the fingers back in. I I pin the book. I just got rid of a lot of movement. And I was like, let's see if any of this happens. And then it just so happened the next time I pitched. I was comfortable. I felt good. And I was, I was locating some pitches, but I felt good the time before that I had good stuff. So like, it was just night and day. Sometimes when you can't answer when you're like, okay, I've gone through my process. My plan's good. My process is good. And I feel like I'm executing fairly well. Like those aren't big misses or huge mistakes. They're like wow. slightly misses and there shouldn't be that comfortable of a swing in that like one, two to wisdom. Like that was a big one for me. I was like, that was one, two. Like I've never had that swing on my breaking ball at one, two. Usually it's like a foul it off or, or like a hard hit, you know, something in the gap or something at the worst, not like a, I know. And, you know, so I was just like, maybe like, I can't explain it any other way. So let's just get rid of this stuff. And Drew was like, Hey, he goes, can you do it? Like, is, is that comfortable? I was like, yeah, I can do it. Easy. And then Lindor was like, Hey, uh, the leg, leg hesitation might be causing you to do that. So it gives you time to move your hands weird, or you're trying to do, like do something with your hands because your legs so slow. He goes in, in, he goes in Cleveland, you move your, you, when you were like up, down, walk back, get up, up, down, walk back, get up. Those days were the days were like, ugh, he's, it was the toughest guy to hit. So, um, I changed, I just did it one day and then I punched out the side. <laughs> so I was like, not saying that like that was the cause, but if it was or wasn't, it worked out either way. So it was a good change and it reset me. And then I went on a run after that again. So like, sometimes you have to do stuff like that. Guys do it with their swing all the time. They're like, am I like, like the, you, one day they're tapping their foot. They're not moving their foot. And the next day they're just huge leg kick, like need a chin boom. And they're just like, I don't know if this is going to fix it, but it's different. It feels like I'm taking action to get that. And we'll see what happens. And sometimes you got to do that stuff. So it was a combination of those two things. But when it comes to that, like, I'm not going to make a tipping video every time. I just got asked that question with two minutes left into in the MLB radio show. Literally we had 96. So like, 90 seconds, sorry. All right, 90 seconds, sorry. Hey, Trevor, tipping pitches. Uh, do you think Framber was tipping? I was like, you asked me about tipping pitches with a minute left. I could, uh, trust me, I am tipping pitch. I, every year I have to fix, fix a tip at some point, make an adjustment. Well, I know uh, that I know that people really appreciated it. Yes. Yeah. It does. It takes us somewhere where we haven't gone. So if you haven't seen that video, go check yeah, go out Trevor's YouTube channel. It's really, really good. Uh, finally, have you reserved your spot yet in the, um, in the City Field Arm Barn? Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, that was planned last year. I'm, I'm an arm barner. Um, I, I was actually hoping that I had the opportunity today to, cause I, when I say, well, I'm a bullpen guy, I say that I preface things like that. And I was just going to literally just put arm barn in there like smoothly, like nothing happened. And I'm only using arm barn from now on, but the uh, opportunity hadn't presented itself today. So yes, I'm saying arm barn, no matter how silly I think that is, I'm using arm barn forever because that's it rolls it rolls all the it time everyone's like, everyone's like it's so silly but i love arm barn so much that i actually want to change it but not because of the reasons they want me to just because it's great I, i'm a thousand percent with you i think yeah. it is hilarious and ploof and i every day on, on baseball today i keep referring it referring to what the uh braves had done in games four and five as an arm barn game 
Arm bargain. So, and people are like, stop calling it that. I'm like, folks, I'm just having fun with the name because I got to give Pete a credit. Like, I'm not a thousand percent behind what they're saying. Like, I understand it. I understand them bringing up the point, all that sort of stuff. It's not the first thing I think of when I think of a bullpen. Yeah. But for them to have the suggestion of an arm barn on standby, I was like, that's good. They're they're master memers, dude. They they're 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 sneaky, really good at like making jokes that stick and get them like get them actually the result they wanted. They do it kind of regularly. They pick like pick a fight with a, a group that you know, they'll, they'll they'll pick at something that someone's been doing for a long time, uh-huh. get them fired up about it, and then give them an extra like a, a, a funny alternative that t- ends up being so funny that people start using it, which is what they wanted to happen. It's almost as if like they know how to do this really well. <laughs> I know when you hear arm barn, you're like, that works. It rolls, man. Like it I'm pissed right off. It wasn't called that in the beginning of the sport. A little bit. And that seems like a very like early 1900s thing to say. Right. Doesn't it? Yeah. It could have fit perfectly. They would have been like arm barn and they'd be like, yeah, that's great. Barb, yeah. we're animals. That's the whole thing. We're trying to say like, we're, you know, we're ripping and rearing to go. That's where it came from. Like bull, like the bulls are coming out of the pen. They're excited and you open it and they go. Right. That's what, that's where it came from. Arm barn works for that too. Yeah. Glass. And I was like, I don't care what they call it. You can, they could call it the shit house. I don't care. <laughs> So yeah, like, well, he's a starter. Okay, so he, right. doesn't he doesn't even he doesn't get a vote. You don't even go down there, dude. You're only there for like five minutes at a time. <laughs> we have to live in the arm barn, you know. I, I eat and and use the restroom down there. Okay, I do everything that humans do. You don't eat in the arm barn. Yeah, we do. No, you don't. Yes, we do. We got snacks galore. We got you. Got to keep your blood sugar up, man. Got to pitch in three hours. What do you eat down there? uh the stinger stroop waffles you know what those are, are? what you know what a stroop waffle is it's a uh, i believe they're dutch it's like a little uh like a little uh i don't know uh, honey it's made of honey and uh it's like a solid little it's a circle it's like a little i can't it's like a wafer with honey in oh, it so it's like okay. kind of chewy yeah uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah and they're delicious but like it's people take them on hikes and stuff it's like a one it's like a quick you know, carbs, um, um, energy type thing. Like uh, cross country runners will do it. They'll break one in half and eat half as they're running to keep their, to, like with a Gatorade. So that's a big thing. There's I love candy. how you're, you're describing it while running and eating. There's, there's candy, uh, which I don't eat unless I'm not pitching. But Who like eats day, the candy? Who eats, eats the candy? candy? Everyone eats a little Amelia. bit of candy. Honestly, right. I'm going to be honest. Uh, uh, Ricky Bones was the guy who was just crushing candy. And then uh, Eric Langill, Langy, our, our bullpen guy, he was kind of in charge of the candy. He brought it himself. So he would uh, he would uh, eat some snacks. To be honest, though, as a group, we didn't crush. A, Familia had some candy, too. But we didn't really eat a ton. Like, it would be a couple pieces per guy. But I always was like, hey, don't get a sugar crash in the middle of the eighth. Like, just, I love candy. I need that to be very clear. I'm the candy guy. I can I can find you the best candy in the world, but I had to not eat candy. But yeah, we got candy stroop waffles. Uh, uh, there's Cliff bars and and things and kind bars. No one ever touches those. And uh, you got to like, you know, there's no time to eat. You can't go back to the clubhouse and eat like Sugar Diaz comes down. He's got to sit for two hours. He's eating two hours before that, like four hours later. You know, you got to. I've had times I came out of a game. I was like, I'm starving. So uh, you got to you got to make sure you have something in your stomach fuel to to burn all that you know that 190 uh, heart rate and that adrenaline off right. So when when do you do you have to time it perfectly? Like you don't want to be full. 
yeah no it's it's you're eating in the in the right when you get out there in the fourth or the fifth like guys drink a red bull but they like they'll make sure they have the red bull finished by the end of the third because they might mm-hmm. come in in the sixth and they don't want to be like you know so like or you can be like uh, sean reed foley and literally just slam the red bull as you're throwing he just and then he'll crush it throw it like uh uh who else who does that the phillies jojo uh he smashes on his on his arm that's funny. yeah there's those guys too i'm so far past that i can't drink i i you know i don't need energy drinks don't do nothing to me no so like me neither. never yeah, had i just never gotta had. the nap does it for me now that's my energy god i'm so old what I the know. heck is happening to me welcome <sighs> life life's happening well listen dude uh anything interesting coming up on the uh trevor and kate may uh world in the next couple of weeks want to let us know about anything interesting um kate is going to mexico for a week uh right. i was invited now i'm not right remember so um, i get a week home where i am the cat's parents and i have actually scheduled a couple days of running errands out in the out in the world because i will not leave the house for seven days if i don't um so but in terms of some content and stuff i have a really really great next video that's in the vein of the uh the tip and pitches one that is a recap full of my season where i go over i go over my goals from before the season uh traditional statistics and then into advanced analytics how i looked at looking at how i did success or not and then uh, the goals for com- this coming season, 2022, and then uh, the plan for how I'm going to achieve some of those things. So it's, it's going to be a little bit in depth, a lot of graphs and baseball savant data and, and showing grips with my stuff and stuff. It's all recorded. We're editing it now. And I think it's going to be really interesting to a lot of people. Just like I get asked, like, how do you get ready for the season? This is this is what yeah. we're working on. And then, yeah. you know, next year, this time we can look at what I did and what I didn't do it again. Very good. Well, once the season is over um we're going down to once a week on the rose rotation but i would like to do one before december 1st i think it's really important to get a bunch of you guys together because i know that you're big time into what's going on with the collective bargaining agreement even though you're not technically a player rep but like glass now is miguel rojas is i think the giolito is as well i want to get a bunch of you guys together so that fans can understand where you guys are coming from once this collective bargaining agreement expires i love that i think it's important to understand what is being talked about yeah and i love that i love that we have some reps there because it'd be really interesting especially guys like uh, miggy Rowe, uh who i know is really he's really active and he he takes those responsibilities really seriously and i would love 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 to hear his uh his mindset to being the rep for another team like and kind of being the mouthpiece i i know he's spearheading a lot of like their collective group think because he's the veteran guy and he's the one like I know that he is the leader there and that he has a lot of influence too on younger guys and what they're thinking so like it'd be it's gonna be super interesting to hear where they're coming from uh because their organization is very different than ours and where they are in their careers careers is very different so they might have very different opinions on where things should change than me because I was been a free agent I'm gonna be a free agent soon so it, it changes a, a lot of that stuff is varies um based on where you are in your career and uh and that's going to be super interesting. And obviously, Glassnow is always a, a very intelligent uh, guy as well. And, and that, that won't hold anything back either and say how what he thinks. But, uh, you know, I'm excited to hear their opinions and just, like, maybe ask some questions and, like, see, well, what do you think we should do? Like, I, I want to have a real conversation Good. with some guys, and that would be a great opportunity to do it. I didn't know you were going to do that. I'm excited. All right. Well, I'm going to put us all on a text chain. We're going to have it. We're going to have at it. We're going to solve all of baseball's problems in an hour of the Rose Rotation. That easy. Awesome. 
Well, listen, it's this hour flew by. Holy shit! I cannot believe this is it. This is it. And you know, all this coming on the heels of me breaking one of my microphones. I had to go to my uh, arm barn microphone. Just arm warming barn. up in the arm barn. Well, at least you had one. That's good. That's true. I always have it. Always have a backup, guys. Always have a backup. That's the key. That's the key. Trevor, it's great seeing you. Uh, shout out to our uh, producer, editor extraordinaire, Robbie Scirocco as well. And thanks very much to you for hanging out on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.